investigative journalist Molly Barrows. For years, I've covered the stories that made headlines in Northwest Florida and all along the Gulf Coast. Murders. Missing persons. And mysteries of all kinds. These cases are far from over for many victims because the full story has yet to surface. Join me for Gulf Coast Confidential, where I dive into the saltier side of the South and expose the lies, greed, and corruption that often weighs down the truth. It's time to turn the tide and get a shot at justice. Hi, I'm investigative journalist Molly Barrows, and welcome to Gulf Coast Confidential Conversations. I'm here with my co-host Pam Hill, and we are continuing a series that we started called Lambs to the Slaughter. And if you didn't catch the first one, we talked about Ryan Walsh, a former youth director at Gulf Breeze United Methodist Church, who was arrested for basically sending illicit texts and uh, fondling uh, a 13-year-old girl in his youth group. And that's what this whole particular series is about. We're going to talk about another case in Lambs to the Slaughter, talking about a teacher named Mark Luau um, and carrying some of the same themes that we saw in the first Lambs to the Slaughter episode with Ryan Walsh, uh, another person in a position of authority targeting a vulnerable child because they don't go after the kids that are strong and confident. Mm-hmm. They go after the wounded ones who are going to be easy to manipulate. Right. Isn't that the case? Right. Or they don't go after the ones that are just open and honest with their parents a lot of times. Like, I, it never occurred to me to not tell my mother something that was bothering me or seemed weird. No, I know. I know. I definitely shared, probably over <laughs> Too much. Yeah, I'm like, Mom. <laughs> I know, I and know. my mom's like, I'll go right down there. I mean, she would have. Exactly. Well, I know they certainly would have if I'd had a teacher like Mark Luau. For real? And now, uh, for those folks uh, listening and watching, we'll give you a little background on on Mark Luau. He was a teacher in Escambia County, Florida. He was charged in 2019 with promoting a sexual performance from a child and three counts of unlawful sexual activity with a minor. All of these victims were students. Most, if not all, he had groomed since they were in middle school, y'all. He accepted Mm. a plea bargain later that same year, and he was sentenced in 2020 to 12 years in prison. So how was this abuse discovered? Well, if you caught the first segment of Lamps of the Slaughter, you know that uh, cell phone played a big role in that particular case. And it is uh, pretty much the same in this case as well. In 2019, Luau was a 30-year-old teacher at Washington High School in Pensacola. A resource officer learned that Luau, who was an English teacher at the time, was having, quote unquote, unprofessional communications with a student. I know that reminds Mm -hmm. you of your former brother-in-law, Randy Adelot. The officer reportedly learned Luau had been texting the student and had received an inappropriate video of her. They began investigating and realized there were other victims, became a joint investigation between the Pensacola Police Department as well as the Escambia Sheriff's Office. And while Washington High was in the city's jurisdiction, some of the sex crimes took place in the county. So that's why they worked together. And it was uh, another just, I mean, just reading over those arrest reports, it just I couldn't help but just get a little bit angry. It's so crazy. He did what he wanted to. He did. That's exactly it, that's he was what so all selfish. these guys do. They do what they want. They don't have passwords on their phone. They do, they're probably sitting right up there teaching English and just going, texting, send. They just don't care. And it's this fantasy that they're feeding. I mean, you can see it in the texts and the messages that they send to these mm-hmm. girls over and over again. And we'll get more into Luau, but Ryan Walsh did the same thing. It, that they're they're telling these children 
children their sexual fantasies and trying to act them out. It's just the ultimate selfish behavior. Right. And talking, what's wrong with them? You're talking to a little girl. What? They're 13 years old in middle school, 12, right. 13, 14 years old. You, a grown man, are up there giggling and, and texting mm -hmm. with this cool kind of words like, how are you? It's too cool with the letter two, I mean, number mm -hmm. two and all. And you're like, who does that? I mean, seriously, the, the, the text that I saw that my ex-brother-in-law sent, I was like, even a child doesn't even text like that. It is just nauseating. It's sickening. But they do it. I they know. do it right there at school. This one did it three times, got arrested three times doing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is Mark Luau. And, 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 and the case that Pam's talking about, check out Confessions in the Fieldhouse if you want to learn about her brother-in-law's, mm -hmm. her former brother-in-law's case. He actually was not arrested, but there was a lot more to that. But he certainly was mm -hmm. busted. They found several hundred text messages over a week period. Mm -hmm. um, and it was it was pretty similar, actually, with the last case that we talked about, Ryan Walsh. Mm -hmm. I want to say there were like 200 text messages um, in just a, oh, yeah. a, sh a short period of time at one mm -hmm. point. There's 400 um, with this guy. Yeah. yeah. But all of it. Randy should have been uh, arrested. The, all this stuff that's happening right here should have happened to Randy. But he had a good old boy network back then, too, like we have seen in many, many other things. But that doesn't last forever. No. That comes back around. Text and sex stuff doesn't ever go away. It's here forever. I know. Well, thank goodness. And yeah. it's a shame that it's a, it. a tool that makes it easy for them to manipulate and target kids. Mm -hmm. But it's also a shame that, uh, you know, the uh, the flip side is that it can also be used as evidence because yeah. they aren't covering their tracks very well, just thankfully. unbelievable grown-ups do that. I, I just can't even... Well, here's some of the evidence that they found in the Luau case. In the first case, the victim said she had become friends with him when he was a drama teacher at her middle school, and that's Ferry Pass Middle School. She said they sent flirtatious texts until they agreed uh, to meet at his house. And, well, they first met when they were in middle school, and then later when she was uh, a high school student at Washington High, that's when they started having this inappropriate flirtatious texting they agreed to meet at his house in May of 2018. This is the one, not Walsh, but this is the one where they texted each other over 200 times over a two-day period leading up to this sexual encounter. She said they met at his house, got naked. He tried unsuccessfully to have sex with her against the wall, so they did the deed on the couch. And I mention that because in his text to her, in other to her as well as other victims, according to these court documents and police reports that I was reading, this is what he kept saying to them. The consistent things were, this relieves my stress. I have this fantasy of let me grab you, let me push you against the wall, let me pin you down. And it was similar with the Walsh case, too. There were some, you know, I, young women make me feel more like a man. I would like to do this, this, and this to you. I would like to F you, is what he said. Mm -hmm. But there were some particulars about how he wanted to make that happen. And it it's just the same with this Luau case. They are acting out these fantasies with these children, and, and it's making these girls feel special, I guess, attention from an authority figure. And and she said that as soon as the deed was done, they basically left. Um, and, and this is consistent with what other victims were saying. So another victim said they also communicated via Instagram. Now check this out. He claimed to be, in one account, his own ex-girlfriend. It was called Tanya is your mother... And that was Tanya is your mother, basically with periods in between each word. Um, that was his Instagram account. And it was Mark Luau, according to police, but he was in that account claiming to be his own ex-girlfriend and interacting with these students and saying, you should send, you know, nude pictures of yourself or you should engage in sexual behavior with him because, again, it relieves his stress. His wife is pregnant. He can't have sex with her right now. 
and this would be so helpful. Um, wow. I know. Isn't that nice of whomever his friend is invisible? It's, it's just unbelievable. I know. And it just hurts my heart for these girls that that they need attention that badly, that that would be something that they would want to respond to. But again, not passing judgment. No. It just hurts my heart right. for them. He finds the ones. Yeah. They find the, one, they find the ones that are hurting. They find the, the girls that are shy or not in a group or this, that, and the other. The ones kind of... Uh, disenfranchised from the bunch. Yes. And some of the details that came out of these reports support that. Um, one of the, this particular victim, she made a video because he wanted to see her breasts and she made a little video lifting up her shirt and exposing one of her breasts that she sent to his personal account under Mark Luau, as well as an account, which is one I was talking about, mm -hmm. Tanya is your mom. Please say under that account, that's the one he pretended to be his own ex-girlfriend and would encourage the girls to send him those pics to relieve his stress. And he used the same Instagram account to contact female students Via that account, he told one student to send him nude pics and encouraged her to have sex with him, again, because he was stressed and his wife was pregnant and couldn't have sex with him. So, and according to the arrest report for one of the victims, she met him when she was 14 years old and in the eighth grade at Ferry Pass Middle School. She said he befriended her when she was going through an emotionally difficult time, and she later confided to Luau that her own father was in prison for child sex abuse. So, to your point, he knew exactly mm -hmm. who to find. Yep. That's sort of like the jackpot for him. You know, and why he's saying all that about his stress. Also, he said he had a genetic condition that where tumors grew on his body and that he was afraid people would see those. So he might as well, I guess, just get all the sex in he can with children. That helped him. And he said that's what helped. And he said he was just sitting around one day reading a book with his family and decided this, oh, my God, this might be my last day on the earth. So I guess his remedy to that was, let me just go out here and sex it up with little girls in my class. Right. Just this rationalization to justify what they want, but no thought to how it impacts anyone else. Just the selfishness. And that comes across so much in these reports. And you mentioned family. Uh, this particular victim, the one that talked about how who said her father had been in prison for, you know, child sex abuse. She said she often, before the sexual abuse started with Luau and her, she said she often hung out with him as well as his wife and a Another juvenile female, they would go shopping, they would go out to eat. She said they regularly texted on their cell phones and Facebook Messenger, and she thought of Luau as a quote-unquote father figure. So fast forward, they had sex for the first time in the summer of 2017, she said, when she was 15, and then later at 16 at his house while his wife was away. It happened a couple of different times, and she basically told police she felt like he was using her. The first time it happened, they were at his house. Um, he started wrestling with her, something that she told police happened frequently, and sometimes even with his wife. So that's got my mind yeah, thinking about some extra weird, icky, shady things yeah. there. But he pinned her to the ground. And they started making out. He was 29 years old at the time. Um, so to that point that I was talking about earlier, like so much in his communications, he's saying the same thing. I fantasize about this. I fantasize about that with you. But it's like they watch too much porn and they're just trying to get these little girls to act out their worst fantasies. Yeah. It's so sick. Um, he also used little nicknames and cute names with them while he's wrestling with them and stuff. And other students at school noticed that. That's why we, we've got to teach these kids, if something seems wrong, tell somebody. Well, and they did in this case. That's that's how this came to be known. Uh, a school resource officer at Washington High School learned of these inappropriate communications, these unprofessional communications, if you will. And that's when they started looking into it. So I would like to know how he found out. I didn't see any information mm -hmm. along those lines, but maybe somebody did come to him and tell him. Or to your point, 
other students notice, just like in your brother-in-law's case, your former mm-hmm. brother-in-law. Students recognize that uh, the girl that he was flirting with, that he had been communicating with, that he gave her special treatment. That's mm-hmm. what other students told the administrators. Mm-hmm. So it might have been something similar in this case. Perhaps they made enough comments that caught the attention of this resource officer or enough information was passed to him that he thought, you know, I need to look into mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and find out more about what these communications are. Um, but, you know, going back to how he had Luau identified these victims in middle school, Here's the account of another victim who said she also met Luau when she was 13 in the seventh grade at Ferry Pass Middle, and he was a teacher there at the time. She said he offered her his cell phone number when she was a middle school student, as well as rides home from school, not just from Ferry Pass, but later when she graduated and ended up at uh, Washington High School, she encountered him again and was a senior at the time this particular report was made. She said they became close at Ferry Pass because he would talk to her and listen to her problems, quote-unquote. She trusted him. Um, And just like the others, Luau contacted her via Instagram account, Tanya is your mom. And around that time, he became a teacher at Washington High School. So Tanya would describe sexual fantasies involving Luau dominating her and sent her sexual animated images that deputies did later find on his phone. So according to the victim, he raped her at his father's house in 2018, and the report was made in 2019 because she was too scared at the time. It wasn't until investigators basically started looking into him because of the other allegations, and they tracked her down. But she said on the last day of school before winter break, he offered her a ride home. When she got in the car, he said he needed to make a stop at another house that was, quote-unquote, on the way, but she said it turned out not to be on the way. It was actually way out of the way, and when they got to the house, he wanted her to come inside, but she didn't feel good about it, and she refused. And he was like, oh, it's no big deal. Just come inside. It's pretty. You can wait for me while I grab what I need to grab. So she kind of agrees reluctantly, but she does agree. And uh, and when they got inside, he goes upstairs, get what's needed. And she's standing with her back to the staircase in the living room next to the couch. And she said he came right in and immediately just put his hands on her and started rubbing her. And she's, you know, telling him she's resisting the whole time, but he pushes her onto the couch. And uh, she said he pinned her arms together over her head, which is exactly what the girl described happening who said that their first sexual encounter was wrestling. Mm -hmm. Even though she was agreeable to the encounter, um, and much like the other victim who was also uh, agreeable to a a sexual encounter who tried to have sex with him up against the wall, and that didn't work out, so they ended up Mm -hmm. going to the couch. But there's all this pinning of the hands that seems to be his thing. It's you know, and, And that's just so infuriating that... You know, he doesn't come out and say it like Walsh did, but it makes him feel like a man. It relieves his stress. Well, by golly, are we just all here to serve your needs? Apparently, that's what he thinks. It's his last day on earth. He's got to do something. Well, I guess pen and arms is how he does his business. And this poor little thing, she said she squirmed the entire time because he was trying to get her pants off. And uh, she said that she was squirming so much that... Instead of responding to her, clearly not wanting this and saying no, he got impatient and annoyed and, quote unquote, sighed loudly and looked mad is what she told police. But he still managed to get her pants and her underwear off as well as his own. And he penetrated her, she said, and she yelled the whole time. And he finally stopped about five minutes without ejaculating. So he was annoyed. He went upstairs, put on gym clothes, and he came back down and apologized to her, she said, and um and she and told her he didn't know what came over him. And she told him, you can't do that. She was going to go to the police. And he told her that because she was 18 at the time, it wasn't illegal. And no one would believe her anyway because he was, quote unquote, a respected 
teacher. I mean, yeah. it's infuriating. She said she yeah. was afraid of Luau and didn't continue to make an issue of the incident because she, quote, unquote, didn't know what he was capable of. Pam, mm-hmm. he even tried to make small talk with her in the car on the way back home. She said she wouldn't even sit in the front seat. She sat in the back oh seat. And when they got close to the house, her house, she just got out of the back seat abruptly and, and went on, um, but had always been afraid to report it. Yeah. He he. He's been caught three times doing that over and over and over. I, I can see why he thinks nobody's going to touch him, but they are now, you know, and I can see why li- these are little girls. You're just turned 18. And if you have not been taught or socialized to say, see something, say something, do something, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell the principal. I mean, teachers shouldn't be uh, driving kids or other people home. They shouldn't have their phone numbers. They shouldn't be chatting it up with them on social media. Mm-hmm. That is all against teachers in their their handbook, the very handbook that they sign each year. He did everything wrong. And she, when no means no, damn it, I'm tired of saying that sentence over and over. I don't care if you're 18, 19, 75, no, damn it, means no. And what I took away from that encounter too, um, is that, especially since this was you know, he'd been doing this for some time based on these reports. He had been targeting vulnerable girls. He had been grooming them. He'd had some that were willing. Here he's got one that wasn't willing, and it's like it never registered. Right. He was so immersed in his own fantasies, so used to getting mm-hmm. his way, so much about just what he wanted and his fulfillment that he ignored every single sign from the month, from the time she didn't want to get out of the car mm-hmm. to saying no when he tried to make out with her to raping her to getting annoyed and getting yeah. off of her. Yeah. And well, then get some silly little apology. It's just unbelievable. It's want to such talk a violation. Yeah. Well, I, I, he's got plenty of people to talk to now in a captive audience. Yeah, and, and I wonder if they say yeah, they're sorry. I'm pretty sure he's learning that no is whatever. Right. Well, and to that end, um, in 2020, he was 32 years old and he was sentenced to 12 years in state prison, followed by 15 years of probation. And I know this is one of your favorite parts of his story, but at his sentencing, he did not want to go to prison. And in order to avoid it, he begged the judge to get this castrate him Mm -hmm. and I love the fact that the judge didn't even respond no he makes this big plea and what he said to him was quote he said my actions were despicable to say the least I do believe that punishment is necessary and I am requesting chemical castration not only as a punishment but as an act of solidarity to show how sorry I am for everything if your honor is so inclined I am even willing to undergo physical castration if that way I can stay home and raise my daughter end quote and I love that the judge didn't even respond. He just moved right on and sentenced him to 12 years in state prison, followed by 15 years probation. And prosecutors said at the time, too, quote, he seemed to seek out girls that came from unstable or troubled homes. He manipulated them and he betrayed them because he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he if he was so concerned about raising his daughter, he never should have put as much effort into abusing other people's daughters. Right, somebody else's daughter. And chemical castration, that's basically just going to reduce his testosterone and libido. And his problems are between his ears. <laughs> I'm serious. There's nothing we can do about that. I'm serious. Well, uh, and, and to think that he's not going to be transparent. Oh, yeah. I, I do believe I should be punished. We're all in agreement yeah. there. Gosh well, I'm golly. glad we ask you, sir, the one that's caused all this mess. And Again, the arrogance. I know. It, it's, it is amazing. Then him offering physical castration. I mean, he th- he is an English teacher, so he thinks he put, put together some pretty pros, and he's going to, just like he did with the girls. We're not 12-year-old girls. Everybody else thinks you're so ridiculous, you're not even getting a response, sir. I know. I love that. That was outstanding. And 
unbelievable. Well, um, the allegations against him did actually result in five criminal cases based on the claims of four victims. And, quote, part of the plea bargain was that he would plead down to the most serious charge related to each victim. One of the prosecutors said two of the five cases are being dismissed based on evidentiary issues. And one of the victims specific requests that the cases not go forward. And at the sentencing hearing, uh, Luau told the court, what we talked about earlier, that he suffered from a genetic disorder called neurofibromatosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that caused numerous painful tumorous growths on his skin since he was 14. And he said he was suffering from frequent panic attacks around the time of his crimes because of fears and concerns about the disease. Quote, if I'm with my family or when I might sit down and read a book, I think about the tumors and I think, oh my God, this might be my last day on earth. Mm-hmm. He said, and, Quote, you know, end quote, and and I would like to just carry on this pretend quote, actually yeah. my own, and say so. I think it's okay for me to uh, you know groom and molest little girls because it makes me feel better. It's, yeah. Again, just the fact that he would even verbalize an excuse like that goes to show he has taken no responsibility. To me, in my right. opinion, oh, no, it, it's narcissistic behavior. He he was a hip teacher at school. He had long black hair. He wore those little jeans that are slung down on your hips, and he listened to their music. He Snapchatted mm-hmm. with them. He and Stud Grid. Grammed with him and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He literally bought his own BS. He did. And, and and just to your point, like when the court didn't buy it, the prosecutors didn't buy it either. And they said, quote, this condition did not seem to debilitate him while he was trolling the halls looking for students to have sex with. That is correct. Quote. You are right. I know, but you do wonder, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions upon his family, but when I read that one little girl saying that, you know, she hung out with him and his wife and that even she participated in the wrestling I can tell you right now, if, you know, as a, as a previously married woman, okay. if, if my ex-husband wanted to roll around and wrestle on the floor in front of me or even include me in wrestling with some 13-year-old girl, I would immediately have problems with that. I mean, on every single level. That just, I don't even know where to begin with <laughs> well, something like something's that. Something's not right here. That's what I would think. And here we go with my usual three words. What the feasy? I know. I know. You know, and I think when I was a little girl, my dad and I would have like tickling fights, um, but never with other adult men. I mean, there was never a time for me to ever be alone. And I just my heart hurts for these little girls that they were taken advantage of because that is a a natural thing for families to do. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. taking something that could be normal and harmless, is normal and harmless in other circumstances. And adulterated it. And adulterated it Mm -hmm. on so many levels. Made it not not innocent and normal. That's what he does, apparently. But, I mean, he's where he needs to be. He can tickle tickle anybody he wants to. (laughs) He can tickle or be tickled. Either way. He can be sorry and other people can be sorry. That's correct. Um, but he is now serving his time under medium security at Jefferson Correctional Institution. He's 35, and he's okay. scheduled to be released in 2031, so he's got lots of time to to make new friends. That's right. Well, I'm glad he's there. Well, what are your takeaways from this? And I feel like, again, uh, this is the whole lambs to the slaughter mm-hmm. theme that we're going on. These are authority figures who choose and prey upon mm-hmm. vulnerable prey and, and, you know, there's so many takeaways, but what are some of yours? My main takeaways are going to be kind of hard-tailed. They're going to be back toward the school and back toward other teachers. We see each other in our professions. We see what people are doing. Uh, The school should never allow for a teacher to transport children in their own personal car, take them to their home. They should not have their phone numbers. 
uh, kids should not have the teachers. If you need something, email them. And it should always have to go through school communications. And also, they shouldn't be doing social media with them. That's one of the takeaways. The other takeaway is we can't change the person that's got deviant behavior. Deviant people do deviant things. But we need to have classes to teach children, see something, say something. We, If that's not right, or if you see it happening to your friend, go tell somebody. Tell somebody that you can trust. Obviously not this one, but he, he was pretty good. I mean, these are little girls. They don't know. They just mistake, mistake someone's kindness or attention mm-hmm. for appropriate behavior. That's exactly right. They don't know any better. Right. They don't know. No life Grown experience. Grown-ups know. It is our responsibility as teachers, as business people, as people in a church, as just human beings. You know when something doesn't look right. Exactly. And I think so many times people turn a blind eye, whether it's this case with Luau or it's Ryan Walsh, who was the youth director at Gulf East United Methodist. They were hip. They were likable. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and, and perhaps they did fly under the radar, mm-hmm. but don't be blind to somebody's likability. And in fact, right. that's what we're going to get into in the third and final case that we're talking about in this series, Lambs to the Slaughter. You know, it's it's these likable ones you got to watch out mm-hmm. for. Oh, yeah. All okay. right. And they don't try this with grown women. That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much, Pam. And You're we welcome. thank you for joining us on Lambs to the Slaughter. Of course, if you haven't seen the first one, that's about Ryan Walsh. This one, of course, is on Mark Luau. And our third one is going to be on Camillo Campos. Even though it's not a Gulf Coast confidential case, uh, the, there's a lot of themes in that particular crime that also tie into this case. And so we're going to talk about that in our third and final installment of Lambs to the Slaughter. If you'd like to watch this or any other episodes in Gulf Coast Confidential or Gulf Coast Confidential Conversations, you can check out my YouTube channel, Gulf Coast Confidential, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. So we'll see you on the next one. 